What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Raw Select Music. And this is the Super Sonio Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. Thank you as always for your time and your company. My name is Imran and we have a wonderful episode, really, really special episode for you today. Uh, we'll jump right into that in a moment. Quick reminder, however, that these podcast series run in conjunction with the online internet radio station, Blue in Green Radio. We are London-based, but we are so fortunate, so lucky uh, to host incredible shows from across the world, including London and the the UK, uh, Japan, Australia, and the US. So uh, it's an absolute pride and privilege for us to be able to uh, put all this incredible stuff out there. And we very much hope you'll check us out. You can find us at www.blueingreenradio.com where you can find our never-ending radio stream and uh, as well as a whole host of articles and reviews, etc., etc. Uh, there is a podcast paid. Um, podcast tab at the top of any of the pages and we'd urge you to check it out to find our complete list of past interviews we love to use these podcasts uh, primarily as a way to introduce the blue and green radio presenting team uh, to yourselves and get to sign of kind of learn about um, these amazing people and everything that's inspired them to kind of uh, explore music as their unwavering passion and uh, today's episode sees uh, myself have the incredible fortune to talk to regular podcast contributor as well as the creator and um, presenter of Ride the Vibe. Uh, We're talking to Rhonda today from uh, the sunny uh, blissful home of San Jose, California. Uh, If you have caught uh, episodes where Rhonda and I chop it up If you've caught past episodes, we veer into Prince territory quite often. There have been very, uh, there have been a few completely uh, Prince-centric episodes, um, but even when there aren't Prince-centric episodes, we just veer into Prince as a topic of conversation. Uh, He's he's his music uh, meant a heck, well, continues to mean a heck of a lot to to each of us, and it's uh, I think it's kind of cool for both of us to have that person where we can just geek out over print stuff um and that's what makes today's episode so incredibly special because um today we've had to dub this episode uh, Rhonda goes to paisley uh because Rhonda went to paisley park uh on the 15th of february 2020 um she kind of had this amazing opportunity to see Michelle Nadegacello. As part of uh, Paisley Park, uh, they seem to be starting a new series, a new concert series um, of, of, of performances where they invite artists to tackle Prince's catalogue um, in the hallowed grounds of Paisley Park. And uh, the first of these series uh, is Michelle Nadegacello. Um, tackling Prince's catalogue for a concert that went over that excuse me that went just under two hours and uh, Rhonda went which is the coolest thing in the world and um, 
I think it's just uh, listening to her talk about it and describe. She did the tour of Paisley Park as well, and it's there's she does it so brilliantly, uh, so vividly, so eloquently. It uh, paints a wonderful picture, and um, it's kind of a very kind of full circle. Uh, I think in terms of just our episodes and our conversations, for her to have gone there and experienced this, and I think I say this in the conversation, but. Prince and Michelle Nadeghi-Acello are two of her absolute top artists. So to see her in that environment playing Prince songs, it's a tough thing to beat, I think. And she's a very frequent concert goer. So and look, it's yeah, it just it's an absolute. If you're a Prince fan, this is just a great episode um, to kind of hear her talk about it. And we also veer into the topic of posthumous album releases this was supposed to be sort of a, a bulkier uh, conversation but i think it i consider we consider sort of stopping it and maybe having this as a separate conversation but i think it just flowed so well uh, from the prince conversation and prince being a topic um in terms of posthumous album releases so it, yeah it was it was it was good that we we put them both in into the same conversation i think um so yeah i'll say no more we'll jump straight in well one thing i will say is regular listeners will know we feature two songs on each of these podcasts our guest in this case ronda will pick our closing number i have the luxury of picking our opening one and the only one i could possibly play uh was from uh, michelle's uh, ventriloquism album she um it's one of the albums that she's released where she tackles past heroes and uh, their catalogue and sings some of their favourites. And I think her version of uh, Sometimes It Snows in April, just uh, by Prince, obviously, just seemed like a perfect and the only thing I could really pick uh, for my song choice. So that's what we're going to play right now. Then we'll go straight into our conversation with Rhonda and she's going to tell us all about Paisley Park and all about this magical concert uh, that she went to as well. And it's such a great episode. So uh, thank you for her. Uh, thank you to her, as always, for taking the time to talk to us and for sharing this wonderful experience. So, uh, yeah, I'll say no more. We'll jump straight in. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, Michelle Nadeghi Cello.
So I, I'm just desperate to ask you my to go straight in. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. It's like, okay. okay. Just, obviously, like, oh, you've got to set this up. Like, I love how these podcasts have evolved into us firstly talking about what your recent gigs have been. So whether it's Moonchild <laughs> or Monterey. And now, now this is as, as prestigious and luxurious <laughs> and dreamlike as it could have been for you, uh-huh. I imagine. Well, and I have you to thank for it because I didn't <laughs> know of its occurrence until you sent me the email, right? Yeah. Um, being the um, the Prince fans that we are. Um, and two, I think you were just building off of my travels. You were like, ta-da, have fun. And I'm like, what is this? And um, it was the... Um, the um, announcement of musicology um the performance of uh michelle and Cello performing at paisley park and i i just about freaked when i saw the email 
when uh, I read it and I immediately <laughs> clicked the link and read through it and bought tickets and uh, planned to go. Uh, and that was, I think you sent that email to me in January. So then the countdown began. <laughs> and it was we a week ago go. today, wasn't it? Yes, yes. 15th and, of February, uh, yeah. Right. And it was, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't even, I mean, not, I mean, because I know for, um, for you and me, that's like, oh, uh, you know, to go to <laughs> to Paisley Park. Um, but it was it was surreal. Um, I worried about it being too cold because um, I had never been to Minnesota uh, before. Uh, it turned out it was perfect weather. I mean, it was cold, but um, what I didn't know about uh, Minneapolis um well, let me take a step back. So my sister's boyfriend is from Minnesota. And so the minute I had told my sister, hey, do you want to go? And she's like, yes. Her boyfriend's like, okay, I know exactly where we're going to stay and what we're going to do and where, Brilliant. you know, places to take you. So it became like this, this weekend of fun, um, which I, it was just incredible. So we get there and what I learn is there's the city walk where there's bridges connecting buildings downtown. So you technically don't have to be outside when it's cold to hop around from building to building. So if you want to go eat or go shopping and stuff, there's, you can just go from building to building to building. And oh, wow. so, yeah. So I, I was all, I had all these warm clothes thinking, and I was like, wait a minute, did I like overdress <laughs> for this? <laughs> but, um, um, because it was just how they get around. So you technically, I was like, wow, the only time I really had to be outside is when we went to and from the airport and to go to and from Paisley Park because it's about 30 minutes outside of downtown. So that's when I needed my coat. Um, but it was really a fun experience, a really nice city, uh, lovely people. So here I thought, Oh, you know, I could check off Minnesota. I've been there, done yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> and now um, I, I have intentions of going back because what I didn't know until the performance was this musicology is a series where they're going right. to uh, invite other musicians. And so what I think it is, is they're going to invite musicians. You get to go through Prince's discography and then perform a concert of his music and i'm just oh. like what oh my god so michelle did such a great job with her band too um so it was it was surreal i'm not i just i couldn't even i was like wow and, and it's right and it's like literally last week i was there doing this so it's kind of so is this the first too. of of the series or have there have there been a yes. couple before no, this was the first one. She kicked it off. How and, do you um, know how what the frequency is? Is it like a monthly or just whenever they can arrange a second and third, etc.? Is there any kind of schedule they're aiming to maintain? Or 
they did not share the schedule. I should probably yeah. call them and find out. But, you know, work sucked me back in. So um, <laughs> I'm just caught up in, because um, I started to think about, like, the Roots or Lenny Kravitz or whoever, you know, like um, hmm. um, Maya Rudolph. Um, she oh, has yeah, a she... Prince cover band. That's right. So Princess, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I would totally go see and I would go back. I would go back and see these guys. So, um, and when I got back, it was like, I I, I could have Googled what the, what uh, Paisley Park looked like, but I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't. So, we went on, on a day tour. It was like, it takes about an hour to go through the tour. There's two different tours, but we went through the hour tour. And... Um, it was, I'm glad I didn't know what to expect so I could be like a kid in a candy store while I was there. So we we take a Uber up and um, there's just this, this huge industrial-like building and then like the circle building next to it where he stayed, right? And it's all white and so you go in and when you walk inside the building, though, it's all this color and and it's just, you know, oh, let me say, it's funny because, you know, you're driving up and it's like right on the corner of the expressway. I thought it would be like out in the middle of nowhere, which it probably was when he first built the place. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's like you drive up on this main intersection and it's like right there on the corner. I'm like, OK, you could just drive by every day like there's nothing. And um, so we we go in and you have to check your phone in. So they give you a, a pouch. They put your phone in a pouch. And so you can go through the tour and you can't use your phone. And at first I was like, ah, right, dang it, right? But there was about 30 of us on the tour. And, and, and as I think back now, if we all had our phones, we'd never get through the hour because we'd all be like taking pictures of everything right. because you know, like have their, his albums and, oh, and you know, like when you first come into the atrium, there's like these rooms that are devoted to specific tours. So when you walk in, there's the tour playing, that specific tour playing, and then there's either like um, artifacts from that tour, like his clothing or certain instruments or something that, you know, was specific to that, um, that tour. Um, mm. There's a room that was like a, an office that was playing an interview where he was with Tavis Smiley. I mean, and that was just in the, the front um, atrium room. And then there's like where he would go and, um, eat. So there's like a little cafeteria area, right? Where there's a TV and a microwave and a couple of um, booths where people could sit down and just eat. Um, that's all in that that first um, atrium w- w- area that you come in. And then on the second floor, there's like uh, doves. They're caged. They were quiet while we were there that day but they have doves there and um we i know i was i couldn't believe it uh we didn't actually go upstairs all of the upstairs was um sectioned off and so um we go into 
one of his main studios um, where he did a lot of his uh, performances for his albums. And so there's like, like five different booths where musicians could play and then they would all come into the main booth where he was. And when he sang, he would sit, he'd be sitting when he, you know, would do his, his vocals. Um, and there was no furniture in that main room at the time we were there. But when he was there, they'd, they'd have like couches and stuff. So you could like sit there and jam and, and do things. And then you just go into your booth and record. Right. Um, and they played a video of him um, jamming with Larry Graham in that room. Wow. And it was just, yeah, it was like so cool. And then you go out of that room and um, on along the wall was, uh, I think for the Emancipation Tour, there was a, a mural done where he's in the middle and to the left of him is all of his influences like Sly the Family Stone, James Brown, Carlos Santana, um, um, Stevie Wonder. Um, trying to think of everybody because of course I couldn't take a picture so I'm trying to recite this now. Um, uh, all of those artists Oh, um, Chaka Khan and Rufus mm-hmm. were on that side, and then on his right side were the were artists that he influenced, right? The family and time and 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 all of that. So it was this this big long mural done. It was incredible. It was very beautiful. And then we go into this room that's dedicated to Purple Rain. So it's got his. They're playing. I think at one point it used to be where he played basketball, but they converted it to that, and. Um, he, you know, they're playing scenes of Purple Rain on one wall, and um, they've got like in the middle. There's like his motorcycle, his book he used for Purple Rain for notes, uh, his piano, um, a couple of awards that he won for that movie in the center, and then on the outside were um, like the he received um, a vending machine where they had all of his candy and stuff. And they took that vending machine with them throughout the purple rain tour. But yeah, it was only, it was 50 cents. You could only put in quarters, but uh, you know, they gave it to him. So they took it with them. And then like in the corner were like certain um, hit parts of his wardrobe and you just could walk around and look at that. Um, and uh, then we went into a room where they had for under the cherry moon, and then that segued into um, Sign of the Times because he had made, you know, movies for each one of those. Mm. And those were smaller, but you could walk through and see those. And then um, you come out of that. And then there's like this whole wall of like just awards that he's won from Minnesota and then throughout his life, like um, Grammys and um, Lifetime Achievement Awards and stuff. So you walk down that and then like pictures, magazine pictures that were taken of him throughout his career. So you just walk through that and then you go around the corner and then it's like this little entryway before you go into his studio area, like a soundstage area. And um, uh, there's like a custom piano 
and there's a painting from the rainbow children on the wall. And then you go into the, the studio where Michelle actually would perform, had was going to perform that night because they had it set up. And um, it was really nice because you'd see like there were a section for tables for like the VIPs. Um, and then there's like, like, I don't know, maybe 10 rows of chairs behind that. And we walked through there. And then you, so you see that. And then in the back of that room is where there's uh, different um, um, outfits and pictures and stuff on the back of that wall. You go through there and you go into this other room where it's like uh, for, I would say like 200 people. So you could have like these small intimate concerts where people could come in um, and he would, this little stage and he would just, you know, if he wanted to perform, you would be like right there and Prince would just, you know, perform and then you'd go home. And, and that, in that room, they gave us back our phones so that you could take pictures in that room. Mm. Um, And then they let you come out of that. And when he passed people would leave things on the fence because the, the, the whole studio is fenced off. Um, and so what they did was whatever people left on the fence, they took it and kept it as is. And they just rotate like what people had left on the fence. So <laughs> there's that. And then they have like, um, like this huge wall that they show video of. So they were showing when he performed at the Super Bowl in the rain um, and then you just walked into the gift area if you wanted to get albums or clothes or whatever you wanted to do. And, and then that's how they ended the tour. <laughs> so that it was amazing. I was just like, wow, I can't, I don't know. It, um, and then it just hit me too. I'm like, frick, he's really, he's really gone. <laughs> I mean, I know he is, but he really is gone. So it's, it's, it's a, it's like bittersweet. Um, and so when we came back for her show, uh, I thought that they would, um, like they would seal off our phones or something like that. No, they didn't. So we just came in and, um, we sat down, we, I had a table area cause that's what the tickets I got us. And, um, she just, she did really well. She performed with, uh, her band and, um, she had her selections of songs, but it was like a, a concert lights. Everything was, it was just amazing to take in. Um, it was like, uh, probably an hour and 40 minutes. Wow. Or something nice. like that. Hour and 45 minutes, something like that. And, uh, yeah, it was totally, <laughs> I was like, yeah, literally I would be getting ready to head out for the, for the, to dinner this time <laughs> last week <laughs> before we headed out for the concert. So yeah, it was totally fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm amped. I'm still amped from that. And, but I'm also like, it's a, I think it's a great way to celebrate his music and, and hopefully foster uh, the love of his music for new listeners, right. To keep it relevant. Um, and, uh, to not let it fade away. So yeah, it was magical, man. It was, yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that you went because it's, I, I suppose with other than him being there, you couldn't have had a more perfect, 
kind of once in a lifetime unique gig other than Michelle right. playing Prince at Paisley. Like for you, that's what I can't think of anything in all the conversations that we've had and all the emails and messages that we've had about musicians and artists. I can't think like that has to be the perfect again, other than him being there. Yeah. Um, what it, it that can't be topped going forward. Like that's oh. exceptional. I can't, I'm so happy you went. I honestly, I, it's, yeah, it's much. it makes me happy that you, you had that experience. I, that's incredible. I uh, yeah you're right because I'm a huge fan of both uh, artists so um, and even during her performance she was just like he has so many songs and he does he just does right so uh, I don't even know how an artist would like pick what they're gonna do but for me I was just because like I said I didn't even know that there was this was a series right I was just like I'm like oh my god I get to see Michelle do Prince oh my god yes I have to be there for that and um to know that this was the start of it and they were like yeah we're gonna have her be the first artist to do it i was just like wow that's such uh uh probably a, a humbling yet fun experience and and I, I you know but to be in that room i was just like i can't even believe um i'm witnessing this and taking it all in it was just it was incredible for me so i'm i'm like i'm still I'm still like amped. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, going back to the actual uh, Paisley part for a moment, uh-huh. from from what you saw, how it's it's massive, I guess, right? Yeah. Like it. Uh, do you know what sort of portion of it that you saw? Like, did you have access to like just a quarter of it or half of it, or do you kind of know how much there was left that? you've not seen or how, how much more there is to see oh you, well there's a whole other tour so there's a whole other hour of something to see in that oh, building wow. so and my sister's all yeah we got to go see it <laughs> like okay <laughs> that's fine we can do that because well, see i thought it was just going to be the one thing but now i know that there's going to be another opportunity to at least go back and see someone else do this yeah i would definitely do that tour because then i would see it i know like all the upper floor um, I know one area of it they said is where he would get fitted and and um, for his clothing. And it right now that room has been converted to just holding his clothing from his tours and stuff. So you can see that from the atrium. Um, but um, I don't know what's upstairs because uh, we didn't get an opportunity to see that. But the room for the the sound the sound stage for that concert it was intimate but it was, at the same time it was a really nice large room um and i mean and if you have a concert it's like it's like a real live concert in that space so you could you know and i mean with the lights and all of it cuz she was doing the whole show like that and and she kind of does that, but not like, um, let's say, um, I'm trying to find an artist that really, like a, a Lenny or uh, U2, where they, you know, they have all of the, the big production. You can do this in that, in that, in that it's soundstage. And so right. to see her doing that was like a kick for me. And I know they were videotaping it, so I really, really hope they release it. Because... <laughs> um, 
I would buy that thing in a heartbeat. So, mm. um, uh, but yeah, I mean, even the, 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 the spark, the, the, the small little stage that's right next to it, that seats about 200. That's like a cozy, I'm like, how can you, I mean, from the outside, I didn't know all of that that was in there. So I know there's more to that spot that, that I didn't even get to see. And I think what I was looking at, it cost him 10 million back in the eighties. And it was like ahead of its time at that time, because wow. it was doing film as, as well as music. And I think Beck, I think Beck is the artist that just recently went in there and did studio recording. So they're going to, they started doing that. So if artists want to use it, they can do that. So, oh, wow. okay. yeah. So whoever's in charge of it now, they're, they're trying to, you know, use it partly as a museum, but then also to, you know, free musicians to like actually continue utilizing the space. So it was really nice. I think the only little bummer was kitty corner to the building is all of this land that Prince owned that he didn't develop so that you could have more of the natural look to that area and it was sold so they're plotting to build houses over there so um, over time it'll be gone but you know yeah but uh yeah no there's a lot to that spot that i i didn't even get to see right wow. yeah. is that what your because you had the vip ticket is it, mm -hmm. is it was it the the tour that was the bonus part of that or no the the tour was separate okay yeah, so yeah. What, the, what, what was there a benefit as well for the VIP? Like, uh, you got you got to sit in, you got to sit closer at the tables. Right, right, right. Right. So, um, and you got served because you know they brought you drinks and things like that or whatever. Right, nice. During, you know, but I was just like, I'm inches closer, so. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, um. Uh, but uh, you actually turned out to be beneficial because, you know, if you, you took like your jacket or whatnot, well, actually they took my jacket, so I didn't have to worry about that. But having the table was nice <laughs> during, um, yeah, just to hold your stuff. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. get up and dance and do whatever and not worry about stuff being over all around you and all that, you know, you could just mm -hmm. kick back, relax and, and then really have a fun time. And, yeah. and the crowd was was really receptive too because she was doing her interpretations <clears throat> of his songs right which you know i know she had done that for Jimi hendrix and she did some of that on her own album you know picking different songs that she liked and yeah. did it in a twist so that's what was what i was interested to see like her take on some of his songs and, that's right she's got on the ventriloquism album she's uh she covers sometimes it snows in april isn't it right she didn't perform mm. that um, oh interesting yeah but maybe because she had already done that so mm. you know it was her chance to to pick other songs what what did she pick actually oh oh my god um hold on because i had started some of that and then i came across um some something that actually she did um uh dove's cry um, um let's pretend we're married right. let's work uh strange mm -hmm. relationship okay 
the to the nines love to the nines oh my god that okay that's actually gonna i'm just usually i don't give up my song choice so early but um i'm going to, i'm gonna do a spin on that song to, to wrap up our show today um she did um if i was your girlfriend sexy dancer hot thing uh, pop life uh, tambourine i want to be your lover starfish a coffee I would die for you in purple rain. And, and I mean, and see, it didn't even bring up <laughs> when sometimes it snows in April. So I'm like, this is like, you know, she could have probably kept going. Right. Yeah. Um, but she did her, her spin on a lot of those songs. So that's kind of also why I do hope they release the DVD because um, I didn't expect her to do Actually, I thought she was just going to do musicology because that's, you know, what the name of the, the concert series right. is. Right. But to find out that she had, she could go through his whole discography and pick songs. Just I was just so amped to when I realized that's what she was doing and she's p- p- performing that um, um, it just became a fun thing because some of her background singers were singing songs too. So it just... They just had fun. The, the band had mm-hmm. fun doing it, and that resonated with the crowd. So um, it was like a really fun concert. So at the time, it was like, okay. And then at the end, you're like, he's not here. Damn it. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. But it was good. It was good. It's funny because it kind of hits me. Like, it's funny, as you were describing sort of walking in it was like yeah it, before you you said it as well like he's not there I kind of had that like oh my gosh like he's he's not you know and it kind of hits me like periodically where and you sort right. of experience that like oh my gosh all over again and it's very strange I've not had that with uh you know like someone in the say public eye so to speak um before but it's uh yes yeah it's always devastating but yeah i don't know and then see you and i are both prince heads so this is like yeah i get to i get to share this experience with you and you can like <laughs> understand and in a way that you know not everybody that i know yeah yeah yeah, prince but and they're like yeah i like prince but no no i'm like this is like you know so i yeah. can i can geek out a little more about this and you know not be so weird um and actually um he has like this picture for the musicology tour and it was 88 shows. Right. And he, in the, in the middle of the picture is the symbol, you know, he was using. And then around it was all the ticket steps from all the shows. Right. And it's hanging on the wall, right. As you, right before you go to start the tour, so you can see it. And it's like, they were like um, 88 shows, 1.4 million people and $87 million gross. Wow. And I was just in 2004, right, when he did this. But I thought that was the coolest picture. But yeah, it's like that. Because it was all of the tickets. And I think, I, I don't know if I, if I went to that show. I hope I did. I th- probably did. But wow. it was just impressive. <clears throat> and, uh, oh, and then, you know, some of the, um, the awards he got had, would have his album and the cassette. And I thought of you when I saw the cassette. 
Take it. Only you would get me, get that with me. So, uh, so because they're all in these plaques, right, of his awards and they were given to him. And I was just like, yeah, okay. The cassette's never dying. Okay, so it's there. And be like, I don't even, kids won't even be able to listen to it, but they'll be like, what is that little thing under that record? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. So, um, yeah, you would love it. Imran, it's it was it's a nicely done tour too. It's really, really, really nice. Um, and I'm I'm actually glad that musicians are like gonna use his studio and like I said, that you know, they're gonna perform his work because what you don't want is, you know, uh for it to the impact that he's had um to be forgotten, right? It's only, mm -hmm. you know, because I know part of, you know, our conversation, you know, was to talk about, <clears throat> you know, what happens post artists when they, you know, pass. Um, but how do you keep their music relevant? Right. And this is this is a fun way to do it, I think. Yeah. Mm, who would um who's a can you think of because i've been trying to think myself but who who would you love to see sort of grace the stage there and and, and continue like with the musicology series like I oh. can't, i've gone blank oh. to be honest no the roots have to go yeah yeah because oh, quest, wow. quest quest love is a huge prince fan he has to he do is. it yeah amazing yeah but if they did the musicology thing it would have to be the roots and someone else though wouldn't it because as as incredible as Thor is, he's not going to be able to carry lead on Prince records. Oh or... well, the, yeah, yeah. Well, they could probably bring other singers, right? Um, because yeah. Michelle didn't sing all of the songs in 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 her set. She had like her background singers sing mm -hmm. stuff too. In fact, Love to the Nines. Oh my God, I love <laughs> their rendition. I'm like, oh. anyway. So it was <laughs> just beautiful. Um. um Oh, like I said, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz would, oh, amazing. Yeah, that's a, yeah, 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 that's a great I totally hit. would do that. Um, I, I um, well, see, this will bring out a lot of Prince heads so that, that I'll know, like, if you get a shot to do this, you're definitely going to do it, right? Mm. Um, and maybe um, the Roots bring a singer or singers with them, right? So they have the band, but, you know. He's Gosh, actually. Imagine if it was D'Angelo. Oh my God! Don't even. Okay. <laughs> See, well, this is again, he's tell. a diehard as well. Oh, that's so... right. That's right. So he would totally it's... do it. You would go, it, and that's he absolutely cool. would. Yeah, or he, you know, he would probably even. He's he's a contender without them anyway. Like he, yeah. it could be him. Oh yeah. Um, like he could. Oh he yeah. Could totally do it, but and this is. I'm like, oh I'm gosh. going to, so now where I thought I'm like, well, you know, I've been to Minnesota, check that off. No, I'm going to go back because it's been who's going there. I'm going to go because that, that is just, oh my God, if D'Angelo did Prince, oh my God. It's wow. pretty great though. Like since like his passing, they've. It's been it's it's incredible that they've still managed to do things like this, including the uh, like uh, the reissues that we've discussed on Purple Rain, nineteen ninety nine. But they've still managed to make 
like diehard like fans like you know fans who like yourselves who will take that trip out there and and like will continue to purchase stuff but they've almost continued to make it make his music exciting which yes. is pretty incredible i can't think right. of many other people where they've been able to do things like this and carry this name with with a real genuine level of excitement going forward yeah i mean to be honest with you yeah i'm just the fact that and i think it's probably the people who are in charge of this right because um they made a point to say let's figure out a way to 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 put the the investment in it and the care and the love so um i don't see that done for other art other artists right where you can keep unless it's on the radio right mm, um yeah. because there's like like let's say like um like michael jackson or um elvis i mean you have a for elvis but there's no like people doing performances and stuff. you know what i'm saying to this level yeah 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 where this yeah. draw where you're like oh yeah i'm gonna go to nashville and you know hang out for a weekend or maybe there is i don't know people can enlighten us but um uh, and, and i mean because this is what this is four years now and it's I'm, I'm i got on a plane to go right so and i'm gonna go back and I think too, because I had so much fun and in the city, it was far more fun than I anticipated it being. Mm-hmm. So the experience all overall um, was a delight. And the people at Paisley Park were really, really enjoyable. So that made the experience fun too. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. It's funny you talk when you mentioned the like Monterey before and how you've been going so long that you start to see the same people. I mean, this could be a whole new tradition now. I can imagine you would definitely oh, wow. see a lot of the same people here as well. <laughs> right? <laughs> who knows? Probably. Who knows? Um, <laughs> um, well, there were people like on the tour, there were people from actually that could be real because some people had come from the tour that actually were local that had come to see the tour again and then some people from california fellow southern californians um but then he also has a, a draw from international fans so theoretically yeah depending on especially who the artist is right i think it yeah, could pull yeah. a lot a draw a lot of people to come i know i'm gonna go back because i want to see what they're gonna do because I knew Michelle was going to have her own spin, but I have no idea what these other artists would do. But it's going to be like a real Prince party, I'm like, <laughs> which would be, you know, and, and the theme for for them is, you know, they want uh, real music for real artists, right? So they, uh, excuse me, real music for real musicians. So they they want musicians that are going to come in and do this, right? And I think that that's, that's going to probably help do it. Whereas... Um, uh, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't know of anybody. I'm like, mm, where they have, they've created this buzz for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the next reissue is going to be the rainbow children. Um, oh, is that? and the, um, one night alone, at least from the, um, 
from the Prince page on YouTube. They yeah, oh, on the April piano s- one night alone. Mm-hmm. On uh, April seventeenth, they're gonna do do that. Oh, so really, yeah. mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Okay, because I figured you why not you like totally raid NPG Music Club. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hope Crystal Ball yeah. gets a complete, and not like a like the the deluxe stuff. But I just hope yeah. they put Crystal Ball out because it was, sometimes I'll just go on eBay to see what those prices are, and they're three figures. You know, they go what? above that on eBay. Yeah, yeah, it's over like a well over a hundred pounds, uh, which translates to what is like um, maybe one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. or something like that. But the prices go up and up, and I'm always like, I really want this, but I. <laughs> I gotta be a bit more responsible with my spending, oh. but um, I hope that gets a reissue at some point as well. And again, I don't mean it in the super deluxe version, just as it originally was. I'd love that um, with the the truth bonus disc as well. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, one night alone. They see that, that that's a that's a great idea. Uh, you know, yeah. rave into the Joy of Fantastics another one. Um, that kind of remix album that they did for Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic. So that would be cool to get a, a, a proper reissue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And there's a few MPG ones that I'd love to, you know, have a proper handle on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I think that you're right. The reissues have also helped keep mm. um, – fans interested right or even those who are like well what was this all about check it out see it right be a part of it um so yeah i think i think it has a lot to do with um the vision of the people who are left uh to care for the art the the music right Mm -hmm. and um i i i'm What's what's interesting to me is that he didn't leave a will, right? So I was really worried how his music was going to be protected, right? Because you know, he, later on in his life, he was so into protecting it, and and they've really done really nice things to keep his his music alive, yeah. right? Which is good. Yeah. 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 So they say, you know, that's a, I don't know, should we, should we go into the posthumous stuff? Sure. Why not? As well. We can, I mean, it's a perfect, yeah. it's such a perfect segue uh, yeah. in terms of when, when having this discussion that we were going to go and sort of discuss about, the, you know, the concept of posthumous releases, not specifically related to, to Prince, but again, it's just, it is the perfect segue. And yeah. it's the case of how, I don't know if we can really answer the question, should people do this or whether the actual question is really how do we feel about posthumous releases uh in general and i guess it's fair to say the prince kind of opens up his own conversation in that because as fans we're keen for uh for you know unreleased prints vault mm-hmm. prints remixed prints reissued etc uh, dvds for yourself for, of the live uh performances um you know, so we're always hungry from that perspective to get our hands on it. But then with Prince, there's the question of should it have been released at all? And and Warner Brothers have been very, very lucky, I think. And they've been very clever and very lucky in that thus far they've received really no backlash to 
to anything that they've done in terms of their reissues. They've been, I think they've been widely, I could be very wrong, but I think they've been widely praised for what they've done. I think leaving them, I think this is a point we made last time as well, but leaving them untampered, they're mm-hmm. not getting contemporary people they're not getting David Guetta remixes or <laughs> or anything like that, which is very, very clever. Yeah. Leave them as they were. But then right. that element of control with him was very, very well known. If it wasn't released, he didn't want you to hear it. So we're back to that conversation as well, uh, which is a very difficult one. Yeah. But, um, well, see, and that's that's the 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 conundrum i guess we have because as as tightly held as he had for his music he didn't leave a will that explicitly said what he wanted done with his music right so he left it open so um i think part of why he was holding it on to it so tightly was the the lack of control that he Mm -hmm. had while he was distributing it i think he would have been more free with it had he been given the opportunity to do so. I mean, because that's some of the things that, you know, he was doing was cutting edge in terms of trying to include the internet and things like that. And yeah. just doing massive release. If he could release his music as frequently as he wanted, it would fit in really great now with, you know, people with Spotify and stuff where they're, I mean, we consume music so much more quickly than uh, we did when I was growing up. I mean, you'd had, had, an album and that album could last a couple of years before you had to come up with another one. Whereas now, you know, you could take a couple of tracks and was, where's the next one? Where's the next one? Where's the next one? Which yes. would fit perfectly for the way he was creative. Right. That was the thing when I was like, when I saw the, the home right next to a studio, then I was like, no wonder he was always there. It was the studio in, in his house. So of course he was there all the time. And, uh, and I mean, you're talking about somebody who could make a song a day. He could go in there and say, I'm going to make it and he's done. And then he could release it. So now it would have actually been perfect for him. Um, so um I don't know that he necessarily would have put the, I mean, the only reason he was doing this because he was trying to keep control as long as he could have kept control and distributed the way he wanted. I think we would have seen it more. I think once he started down the path of fighting for everything, you know, sometimes you, you fight <laughs> to tooth and nail yeah, to the very end. Right. Um, but I'm like, let's let's say like Biggie, where they released music after he passed or, yeah. you know, they redid some stuff for Michael where they also included like cheesy pop stuff. But, you know, and it kind of it, it's it's a, it takes away from it. It really does. It almost kind of waters it down a little bit when you don't just let the artist be the artist. Unless the unless the tracks are really bad, then <laughs> then. <laughs> By all means, please don't release them. But, um, <laughs> right, because, you know, you have to be particular. So this is really about who's in charge and how they see the work and how they present it, right? Because, like you said, Sony and, and Warner Brothers have been very lucky in what they've reissued, right? Because they didn't water it down, right? They mm. just gave you him. And then what they've released, even in the reissue, was done they, they, it was really nicely done. So it wasn't yeah. 
they didn't cheapen it. They didn't try and glorify it or, you know, try and they just did it well. So then you were like, yeah, I don't mind buying this or, or being a part of this because it's really, you know, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Like Marvin Gaye, I'd love to hear more stuff, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Michael, like that was a really interesting one because I remember it's funny. Reissues are so funny because, you know, I appreciate the, you know, the processes can be very different, but you can do something and then everyone says, yay, brilliant. But then you can put something out in, in what you think is the same way, but then there can be a completely different reaction. I remember that Michael Jackson, the first posthumous album that they put out and there was such a huge backlash i was reading about it earlier today i mean i remember vividly when michael jackson had been working on the album uh before he passed he had worked with two names in particular they were neo and mm. uh, will i am mm -hmm. and when he passed and uh the label said okay we're going to finish this album and put it out i remember neo and will i am both saying no don't do it he wouldn't have wanted his music heard it wasn't finished. He was a perfectionist. I remember Michael Jackson's father coming out saying, do not put the album out. He was a perfectionist. He wouldn't want people to hear something that wasn't finished or that didn't get his approval. Mm -hmm. So Will, so Will I Am and Neo both withdrew from the project and said, you're not allowed to use my stuff. But other people, including Teddy Riley, which was interesting, they continued with it and said, no, no, he'll love it. He'll love it or he would love it. But then there were also debates about certain songs where people were saying that isn't him singing. Oh, and that was the weirdest part. It was like, why would you use someone else? Like that was bizarre. Like that, they went to court as well, where people had sort of been very, very. I think Will I Am as well. When he Teddy Riley played him something, Will I Am said, "That's not him. What are you oh, doing?" Oh no. Like, see, can you, how desperate have you got to do to get someone else uh, to sing it and say it's him? Like, that was a disaster. It, it, that's worse than Millie Vanilli. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and we had backlash, right? Yeah. Um, so. And there was Dave Grohl as well. He recorded for the album, drum it, drums for the album, but they didn't use his version on on the album when they released it but they still credited him <gasps> to benefit off of his name and he went public to say that was <sighs> completely uncool he was very angry so you've not even used my stuff but you've named me just to benefit on the fact that it's my name so he was very angry it was a very strange situation you're being nice with the word strange that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> and see and that's what i'm talking about it's like where's the care for it yeah. because um if you don't do it's if you get out what you put in right so if you mm. do things you cut corners and you and you don't uh do it right it you pe people will figure it out the honesty and the integrity in which you do something Mm. right people don't want to be taken you know don't 
If it's not Michael, don't do it. Don't fake that it's Michael. People will catch sure. the dishonesty. And I think that that's part of this, right? Um, so if you're going to do something, do it right or don't do it. Because now you've you've lessened a little bit. Not so much Michael himself, but that project was horrible, right? So now mm. the next one that comes out, you're like, now you're like skeptical. Whereas you're like, yeah, I don't know. No. Right? Mm. Um, do you really need to make a buck that bad? I hope not. I know, it's it's very strange, isn't it? Like Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what the um just the thought process is for certain people. And I guess, you know, Teddy Riley was someone who considering he, how long they had been working together that his he involvement really had been Michael, so that's, that's kind of disheartening, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um but we don't know all of the the inner workings of what's going on behind the scenes, so I'll be I will bite my tongue at the moment. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the but... record company is shady. That's all I'm going to say. Sometimes they are. So okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but um, I, I but to your point, I, I think it, it really amounts to um who's who's responsible responsible for the project and you know what care do they put into it because i think um when you put love into it and you put honesty and and, uh, integrity into that project i think it resonates more with the fan base Mm. yeah 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 and biggie is another one who you mentioned as well you know responses to um so those projects were at times divisive you know mm-hmm. people just uh again like well tupac um i think he had an album i, I was oh, looking yeah. at some up earlier there was yeah. a loyal loyal to the game album which eminem put together and i mean that was hugely derided i think it made its money upon release but i mean people sort of said why why is tupac on a song with dido you know and and things like that it was just like this it's not something that makes sense but that's really it's always interesting because i i you know i don't know there's not i don't know if there's a right way or a wrong way to approach it because in a way it's a cool idea to bring like the biggie duets album where they took super old songs and put him with really contemporary artists almost a generation apart people he never would have met people he would never have even heard of because they were nothing at that point but and people sort of said it's just it's too weird it, it didn't make sense but in a way the effort to update them or show them in a contemporary context i don't know if you could necessarily fault the idea obviously like you said though it has to be good yeah so that's kind yeah, of where yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it gets difficult no i mean even um and and that's what we were talking about right it's like um you know when you're going for that right like Sometimes when they like say when Carlos Santana had his album and he brought in all those, you know, more contemporary artists to make him, you know, uh, blend in with the younger crowd. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to get that right or it's going to flop. So that's Mm -hmm. that's where even with Biggie, I I think the idea is right, but you got to get it right. Or (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, I was just like. 
how do you mess up Biggie? But you know, who knows? I don't, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I'm like, I'd have to, I didn't, I haven't heard the track with Tupac and Dido, so I don't know. No, I haven't either. No, I but I, it would take uh, even just the idea of it would take getting used uh, to, wouldn't it? Like, well, <laughs> I mean, if he was alive, maybe, but because then sure. I could see yeah. them two actually not like, I mean, I know you're masterful with the edits, but I mean, I need for it to be like two, <laughs> a, a real joining of the two artists. Right. Right. And, and that, see that there, if it's a real fusion and it works, boom, that's what I'm talking about. When you don't have that fusion, good luck. And, and that's where it's like, if you're going to f- mix artists like that, that fusion's got to work. Right. Mm. Yeah. Where's Dido anyway? She was huge at one point. Is, 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 is yeah. she just gone? You know, <laughs> the fact that you're asking, I, I, I can't, I can't, and I can't immediately answer is not a good thing. So, okay. <laughs> that's, that's now the title of this episode. Where's Dido? <laughs> Last seen in Minneapolis. What? Okay. Yeah. How would you respond, Dido? Musicology, Paisley Park, um, VIP tickets. Are you there? Uh, well, um, <laughs> we're not mm, bashing Dido. No, we. I don't mean to be I, to disrespect. I didn't. To I didn't die. No, no, no. It was me. It was me. I've realized. I've taken I know. I know. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to like. <laughs> Because who knows? Maybe she goes through his his collection and and turns yeah. you know and and does an interpretation, and then I'm back here. Well, you know, I had to eat crow, man. It was a great concert. <laughs> mm, that hot sauce Dido. made that great. taste really oh good. Gosh. You know, she took Dido it to and the roots oh performing at Paisley. Come on, oh, this is the dream gig. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I can't even go there because the roots <laughs> would pull me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. My sister would be like, "Come on, come on, come on. We just yeah. go see them." <laughs> right. So you've, you've kind huh? of, so you kind of, you've well, you've done more than allude to uh, your closing number, but oh uh, yeah, I, I guess you can you can go all in now and uh, and uh, let us let us know. Well, unfortunately, I didn't know we were talking about Dido. I'd have, I'd have picked one of those. Her well, I know. I'm, I feel like I feel obligated to do my opening one with, with Dido out of, uh, of apologies. And, yes. I mean, no disrespect to Dido at all. No, no, I think all. she's, uh, yeah, she's talented. But, you know, Absolutely. you and me get together and things can go off the rails quite <laughs> It can stay on the rails, too. It's just a bunch of fun with us. That's, yeah. that's part of it. Um, um but uh no my my selection is um from natalie williams uh she does a cover of love to the nines which is is close to uh what i heard from michelle that night is um is we're gonna get um because it's totally different than um his actual performance because it's acoustic and uh yeah it's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. I look forward so, to it. For those who find themselves in Minneapolis, go 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 see the tour and and if you can see the next series of musicology, please do so. Yeah. Two. 